Look out, Balloonyaks, it's spoopy season. I feel silly saying spoopy, but I'm gonna go with it anyways. This is your friendly neighborhood content warning, and we're just letting you know, in case you haven't ever listened before, that we swear a lot on this show. And especially this season, sex and violence are gonna come up regularly. Not gonna go into the nitty-gritty, but, uh, you know, maybe some of the nitty. You've been warned. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. We're your aeronauts and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying high on our own hot air, but have stopped our journey to the slaughtered lamb to answer your nerdy questions. So with that in mind, I guess me, what is our question this week? Because again, I'm carrying the phone. Given that many of the most enduring monsters of yesteryear speak to broader societal issues, e.g. the werewolf and puberty, Frankenstein's monster and the fear of science, etc., what are some of today's most relevant monsters? I'll say before this, I have never equated the werewolf and puberty before now. Only in Teen Wolf. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. That's all I can think of. Uh, yeah, with puberty specifically, um, Ginger Snaps, oh, you, ginger see, you see that one more specifically within the feminine puberty. I always see it more as like a personal transformation or a fear of inner turmoil of who you, uh, uh, like, once being. But that's... I think it can also be very, very effective for like, like a stand-in for like an alcoholic's rages. Oh, I can see. That's a good one. See, I mostly, most of my experience with werewolves is like older werewolf legends, where it's mostly, there's no way a man could have done this. It must have been a wolf, but really it was just a dude with an axe. And most of my are third-hand werewolf uh, stuff. Like, my favorite werewolf movie is Curse. Mm. Um, or Cursed, the one with Christina Ricci. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like super reflexively like referencing the Wolfman movie and is set in Hollywood. Think was directed by a... Oh, why can I... I'm blanking his name. The usual bit of Stephen doesn't remember a person's name, but the guy who directed Scream. Oh, Wes Craven. Wes Craven, thank you. He directed that movie. Hmm. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Like, it, since it, it came out. It sucks, but I love it. Cause mine would be Dog Soldiers. But that's just because it's an <laughs> army patrol group against a group of werewolves. I do like that concept. <laughs> Which I still have not seen in one, too. But anyway, I'm just glad I wasn't the first one to be a dick and go against the, the question. But Because <laughs> I also was like, hmm, I mean, werewolves and puberty? <laughs> I know the person, uh, my friend Quinn asked this question. Thank you, Quinn. Uh, and I know they're not a big horror person either. So probably there's a good chance Teen Wolf was their like, or big Ginger horror. Snaps. Ginger Snaps is a weird yeah. one that I've here pulled out of the woodworks all the time for werewolves movies which i don't understand why because they're they're not bad but they're not like exceptional anyway the point is monsters what are some of today's more relevant stuff i'm curious to like i got my answers but i was trying to think about this and and going in with me not being a horror person mostly kind of through osmosis it kind of feels like based off the movies that have gotten popular enough that i know a bit about them and just my own kind of like fears and stresses one in the year of our lord 2022 a virus kind of thing is a big one oh definitely. any kind of virus monster virus disease etc etc and then the other seems to just be the government or capitalism at this point as i think of like squid game and i know those aren't really slash class systems yeah it's not really monsters as much but as something that seems to be attacking like attacking as a civilization as opposed to attacking as a like singular so if you if you think that about that would hit and you like that concept watch the host it's a monster movie where the actual bad guy is the government yes hardcore like explicitly and not not just not just the government but like the u.s government yes <laughs> In a Korean movie. I imagine Korea has some opinion. I mean, even oh, South yeah. Korea, who's a close ally, has to have some opinions about us since we've... 
Who directed that? I, Damn near occupied them since the 50s. It's someone good, right? Yeah, it's someone good. It's, um, is it not the same guy who did Parasite? It is the same guy that did Parasite. It's um, Bong Joon-ho. Holy shit! That's... Fuck, I love that movie even more now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's why zombie. I mean, zombies are kind of a few years out of date now. That was much more the early 2000s. But I feel like zombies like, in general have kind of recursively come back in cinema at multiple points. If you think about voodoo zombies in early cinema, um, Romero-style zombies in the early 70s into the mm-hmm. 80s, um, uh, into 28 Days Later zombies. Fast the, zombies. Uh, fast zombies. Um, uh, into the current iterations of them with like World War Z slash semi-smart zombies and other mm-hmm. stuff. Um, uh, with, um, well, I mean, we even had those too with like the Return of the Living Dead and stuff. But. Yeah. There is something about, and I think it might just be, you know, kind of a, a collapse of civilization, the oncoming fear, hordes... It's a pretty good broad stroke of which you can then write around to kind of talk about different topics at, at, at different eras. I, I like zombie movies a lot. They're, it's one of my favorite subgenres of uh, monster movies. So, Well, and it can definitely tie into, again, virus or government, which are my, mm-hmm. the, my two things. Because if you care about where the zombies came from, those are two big ones. Stephen, well, I'm curious on your monsters. Ooh, yeah, I, I was struggling to really think about this, but what I kept coming up with was, um, like, for modern monsters, like, mostly ourselves, okay. slash, just in general, our, our surroundings of our people, if that makes sense, is what I'm seeing. Uh, or at least what I'm seeing reflexively told through other horror movies. So, like, what came to mind was, like, It Follows, mm. and seeing various other just like normal everyday people just following you and constantly trying to murder you because of a choice you made to have sex with a person and uh oh i had another example offhand that i can't remember offhand get out almost sounds like it would fit along yes that was the other one thank you thank you that was the other one there's get out for me is maybe the most important horror movie made in the past 20 years at least Maybe not the best, but the most important. I'd agree to that. Those are important distinctions, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I even think that Us is a better horror movie, but it's not a better movie. Mm. I would agree to both of those statements. That's Yeah, Get Out is a seminal film <clears throat> that will stand, in my opinion, stand the test of time of, like, that is that era's, like, horror movie. That's mm-hmm. the benchmark? Uh, for, like, that, yeah, kind of. In my opinion. Well, and I'd be surprised if it didn't. Not super important, but wasn't that the first horror movie he made? Well, who is that, Keegan-Michael? No, that was no. Jordan Peele. Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele, thank you. I knew it was Key or Peele, but I couldn't remember which one. That was the first one he made after doing like a bunch of comedy with... Yeah, yeah. yeah it's fantastic. Just <laughs> He's phenomenal. like, now I have some things to say. I can't wait for Nope to come out. Nope's nope. going to be great. Yeah, that's his <laughs> next one. All right, I, I have two answers. One that I think is the, the best modern monster, like the one that's already been done, that was just kind of instant classic, and that's Babadook. Ooh. Which is... That's the one that was dubbed a queer icon thanks to a Netflix <laughs> mess up. <laughs> yes. Like, the, but they put it in the that, wrong spot. <laughs> but beyond that, wow, I forgot. Every time I remember the Babadook exists, I'm just like, oh, shit, that movie's so good. Just such a poignant, poignant metaphor for grief. Yeah. But also a fantastic monster at the same time. Just, and in, like, grief is kind of a timeless concept, and especially with, like, dealing with it. And also deals with just some other things that... That like horror movies just use, or movies in general just don't touch on a lot. Like parents not always liking their kids. <laughs> That's a topic that 
is not talked about in general. But that's a big part of that movie. Yeah. That kid is terrible. Terrible, which also brings me to another point about that movie, is holy shit, the production design on it is phenomenal. I remember his little backpack slingshot thing he built. Mm, yeah, yeah. like catapult type mm-hmm. thing. I was a full grown adult and I was like, damn, I want that. And it looks like they built like a working thing for that. And I was like, that's little details in that movie that was like, and then on top of it, you're doing a very poignantly well-crafted story about grief. Yeah, I felt like instant classic monster just because of how well it ties in with grief and that just being such a basic emotion. But the monster, I think it's kind of in in a weird renaissance is being used a lot more, but not in a very effective way, in my opinion. And I think could be its time to shine is the Wendigo. Interesting. Most Wendigo media focuses a lot on the fact that one of the ways you become a Wendigo is eating people. So they're like cannibalism and people are going to get hurt and get et. And it works for something like, I loved the Wendigo image or the pop culture Wendigo imagery and like Hannibal, for instance. Fucking loved it. It was super creepy, fit everything that was going on with the show. But like the pop culture Wendigo where they're like human sized and like have antlers or even just slightly bigger than human size and have antlers. Basically, they don't have antlers. That's not a Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendigos are a little bit more of an evil spirit, but they do have physical form. They tend in folklore to actually be ice giants that get big. In some versions of the Wendigo myth, the reason they're constantly hungry is because when they eat something, it doesn't fill them, it just adds to their size. So they're eternally hungry and just get bigger and bigger. Making themselves hungrier. Which is unfettered capitalism. Yeah, self-destructive right there. Um, If you made uh, American Psycho where Patrick Bateman is a Wendigo, yuppie. (laughs) Wow, that'd be awesome. Wendigo. Just curious, I don't want to drop super heavy stuff on you here, but have you read any of the... I, I, I have read... Native people talking about discomfort of of us using Wendigo in like horror movies and stuff because for some tribes it's a very real thing. Right. I mean, there's an entire syndrome, Wendigo psychosis, which is a culture bound syndrome, which you could actually argue that uh, voodoo zombieism is as well. These things in a lot exist. We don't have the cultural matrix to experience them, mm-hmm. and that's a hard thing to get your head around. But yeah, I, I just I'm wondering because I, I agree with every point you're making, but I was also thinking about people talking about like this is an active part of our culture that you are turning into horror movies. I and I I read superhero comics. Wendigo appeared in Wolverine's first appearance. Like I I'm not being like no you shouldn't your answer is wrong because of blah 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 blah. But I'd say those are it's a valid argument. I don't have. It's just also really weird, like the last time, I think it's probably been like over half a century since the last like Wendigo dance was actually done. Fair enough. And I read about the last Wendigo hunter dying. And I don't, I don't even know how often Wendigo psychosis happens anymore. Like, it's a thing. There's documented times it's happened. It's something that's kind of fallen by the wayside anyway, and that doesn't mean it's not important still, but at a certain point, at a certain point, stories belong to everyone, in my opinion. And these are all from stories. Okay. And you need to you need to continue these stories for the culture to continue and to evolve. Yeah. And I don't know when that that point occurs, but for me, I'm I'm past that on Wendigos. There's other things that I might not be. All right. I that's... would have to run into them, but no, oh, this is very fair. I just I, I thought of it. Thought mm-hmm. I would check on. And I'm definitely not the end all be all. But no, of course, yeah. none of us are. Yeah. Wait, you're not? <laughs> I know. I, I know. was going to give you all this money to make this Wendigo movie. I know. I'm sorry. Oh well, in that case, <laughs> please give us all this money. Well, it's not real money, but no. I was going to give it to you. In order to keep our journey going, we're going to have to drop some ballast. Luckily, Tyler is. Can still... we drop gas? 
Geth. You're still going to hold that one against me. It's Geth. It's Jeff. <laughs> Which is funny because it is Geth. But uh, anyway. <laughs> Luckily, Tyler is stuffed to the brim with assorted genre facts. I'll prod him a bit and see what shakes loose. Remember, any misses and mistakes we will have to make up for at the end of our trip. Like Jeff. Like Jeff. Today, we'll keep with the expedition's theme of monsters. So, Tyler, what knowledge can you drop on? Oh, so yeah, I was down in my uh, my crawlspace, and a bunch of bats were flying around, and they were spelling out the word El Coco. Oh, shit, the Kukui. Kukui, yes. Yeah, so uh, Kukui is the uh, Central American, South American boogeyman. I mean, it's even more of a boogeyman than almost like our boogeyman, because we at least think of the boogeyman as, like, a man. Kukui tends to be a lot more formless. It, it gets the, the cocoa, because any time it's given a form, it tends to be kind of hairy, kind of like a coconut. So that's the cocoa. Mm-hmm. But that's about as close as you get. It's kind of just like, watch out, Kukui's going to get you to, like, little kids to make them behave. Uh, basically, Kukui and uh, La Llorona, uh, you, you, you threaten kids with both of those, basically, all the time. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't come from like a Kukui family. It's something I, I came uh, across later that I just really love. Partially just because it's really fun to say. Yeah, El Kukui. Yeah, Kukui. That is much better than Coco. Yeah, I, I, when I heard Coco, I thought of. The, well, that's the, that's the joke though with the movie. Is the bilingual joke is calling a movie about death Coco makes it sound like it's going to be the boogeyman, and then it's this super heartwarming. Go listen to our general nerdery episode about that one if you want to. Um. <laughs> uh, the bats seem happy. They they say you uh, they got it. Yeah, I think uh, is it. Mm, I was about to say I want to say it's Kukui more in Mexico. Coco goes more into like the Caribbean that sort of thing. But yeah, it is one of those like La Llorona that is all over, and they have regional differences that make it... Mm-hmm. Really... Uh, there's Portuguese versions of it, there's uh, Brazilian versions, there's proto-Celtic ver- variants. It's it's a, apparently a big thing. Oh yeah, I think there was even like a like a radio host at one time that was the Kukui of the Morning, something like that. <laughs> Do you happen to uh, know any of the, the rhymes offhand? I don't know any of the Kukui rhymes, no. Read um, one off if you got one here, that's always... Well... <laughs> They're they're all in Spanish, and oh, I am never mind. not gonna uh, blunder my way through that. Uh, White boy response. in Montana reading Spanish that he doesn't understand is, um... uh, but they're all like basically like leave Coco, uh, Coca, leave Coca, go to the top of the roof, leave the children, uh, let the children have quiet sleep, leave the children alone, sleep little baby, uh, that the Kakua doesn't come to get you. Daddy went to the farm, mommy <laughs> went to work, sleep little child. They're all really fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds correct. Yeah, no frightened kids. That's perfect. That's it for today, folks. We're taking off. But before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all our sister shows at earvrm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with us and follow us will be in the show notes. As always, we want to give a special thanks to our editor, Stephen Gady, and to Ian Ford for our theme song tracks. Until next time, I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. Up, up, and away.